This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Jenico Roofing. You can find them on Facebook, J-E-N-I-C-O. Vince, who knows building construction and roofing? Firefighters do. And this company is firefighter owned and operated. So Jenico are specialized in residential roof tear-offs here in Chicago and the suburbs. They are licensed and insured. You can get a hold of our friend Jim at Jenico at 815-693-5665. Jenico. Okay, well, welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. Uh, we have an interesting uh, couple guests with us today from uh, the Chicago Fire Boat Tour. We've got Captain Ray and Captain Eric. Um, gentlemen, uh, you guys operate the Chicago Fire Boat Tours. This is correct? That is correct. Awesome. I wanted to make sure I got all the... All, all the words in a row the right way. Um, yeah, and where you guys, uh, we've got some retired um, CFD boats that you guys will take them on tours. It's a super interesting um, tour. But uh, Captain Eric, Captain Ray, could could you guys kind of give us your guys' background? Uh, yeah, sure. So this is Captain Ray. Uh, I was in the Navy uh, in the late 90s. Uh, served on two different ships. I was a boiler tech, so not only... Did I uh, make steam or made yeah, steam for a living, uh, but also trained in firefighting as well as an engineer. Uh, so uh, spent four years in the Navy, been all over the world several times over in that time. And uh, when I got out of the Navy, uh, you know, my love of the water still continues and uh, found my way getting a captain's license. Um, worked for a couple different companies and, uh, saw this boat, uh, and, uh, said, boy, we got to get this back down to Chicago. So where were you guys from originally? Uh, the, I, I lived in, uh, the South side of Chicago pretty much my whole life. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah. In Evergreen Park. And then my family moved out to the suburbs in, uh, in Lamont. And then I currently live in Evergreen Park with my family. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Captain? And then I'm from uh, Park Ridge. So uh, I was born in Wisconsin, but my, my family was from the, the northwest side. My dad was just up there working when I was born. So, um, But I, I lived in, uh, grew up there, you know, starting in 1983. And then right currently lived in the uh, West Loop, but have our uh, first child on the way, so we'll probably be uh, heading out towards the suburbs sometime <laughs> again soon. That's kind of the move, huh? Congratulations, Cap. Thank you. Thank you. And and you also served in the Navy? Yeah, so I was in, uh, I joined the Navy in 2000, uh, almost right out of high school. Um, and I went, uh, I was in for four and a half years. I was on the USS Antietam. Uh, so I did, it was a guided missile cruiser out of San Diego. 
I did two deployments on there, uh, one six month and one eight month deployment, and uh, probably hit some of the same ports that Ray had hit because uh, they, you know, the Navy has their schedules that they stick to for those. Um, and then I got out in 2004, and then uh, the they were looking for volunteers to deploy uh, to the Middle East uh, through what's called the inactive reserve, uh, which is a program that the military has so they don't have to institute a draft anymore. So it's basically like a backup list. Uh, and so I was, you know, getting contacted from them saying they needed volunteers to go to the Middle East. So I did that and I went back in from 2006 to 2007 and I was, uh, in a unique position for a Navy personnel, but we were on, uh, on land in Kuwait at the, uh, at the border of Iraq and Kuwait doing, uh, vehicle searches and things like that. So, uh, Christ. Well, so it was nice and quiet five and a half time years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very quiet. Well, how did um, you guys, how did you guys, did you, you guys didn't know each other when you guys were in the service. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we were in the Navy at different times on different ships. Uh, when I got my captain's license and I was working for a tour company in the city, I was also doing site jobs uh, as captain. And it uh, uh, took me through a whole bunch of people's private boats. And they would you know, trust me to drive their boats. Uh, but I also took care of them, you know, met all their needs. Uh, and one year, I was taking care of this one boat and happened to be in the same harbor and on the same dock as Eric uh, had his private boat. And uh, I think, Eric, I was, the, I was the second guy you met, right, on the dock? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, when my wife and I had a boat and brought it, or still have a boat, so we brought it over to the harbor. And aside from... One guy who had helped me uh, tie up my boat when we first got there, uh, I think it was a couple of days after that, I was there doing some work, and the boat that Ray was uh, captaining was right right across the dock. So we kind of introduced ourselves because we were both uh, working on the boats and then made the Navy connection pretty quick. And then uh, from there, just kind of worked together on a, on a few other boats and and kept in touch, uh, you know, called each other. Ray helped me, uh, with some stuff on my boat that I wasn't, uh, familiar with. So, um, just kind of started our friendship then. Well, so what just totally by happenstance, huh? So what got you guys into, um, tell us how you guys got involved in finding these, uh, retired fire boats and, uh, using them for, uh, doing this, uh, Chicago river tour. Yeah, well, you know, I would always drive my wife nuts uh, because I, I was always looking to see, uh, you know, uh, what the next greatest boat is out there. You know, uh, I've always wanted to, even I've driven private boats, but I knew I always wanted to have a boat, have a company that, you know, that waited for a lot more people as a tour boat. And so I'm always searching to, I will not now, but I was always searching the internet. Uh, and, you know, I came across this boat. Uh, it, it was just online. And it literally was probably put up a day or two before I saw it. And I, I took a look at it. That night, I contacted the broker 
the very next day, I uh, was up in uh, uh, Door County, where the boat was in Wisconsin, and uh, I, I I just walked through the whole boat and took tons of pictures. And uh, when I was coming back down from Chicago, it was like October of uh, 2018. And uh, it was funny because Eric called me and I was already thinking about him, but Eric called me thinking that I was delivering a boat for the uh, winter uh, on this boat that we've worked together on before. And because uh, he, he was delivering his boat you know, back to the location for the winter storage. And I said, Eric, let me get back into better cell range. I've got something I think we need to talk to each other about and meet up. I got a great opportunity. And, yeah, that's what we did. We met up. Uh, We went to the Billy Goat on uh, Lower Michigan. And uh, I showed him a whole bunch of pictures. We had a couple cocktails and said, how the heck did we get this boat into Chicago? (laughs) Wow. Did you did you guys Chicago. get any history on that boat? Were you give it like uh like the the service that it was in and stuff like that? Yeah. So uh well it was kind of funny because while Eric it was about ready to leave for Florida when we were looking at you know to purchasing the boat uh and trying to uh build up a business plan and get all that. We actually got in touch with the uh, Chicago Fire Museum, uh, the Fire Museum of Greater Chicago, uh, and uh, they had unbelievable records on the fires and personnel that all served on the boat or the fires. You know, people. Unfortunately, there were a couple people that passed on the boat too, but we, you know, they had the information, um, and uh, it, it was just awesome uh, and gave it. Uh, gives more of a push to get this boat and really, you know, tell her tale, I, I guess, you know, to the passengers that come to the boat. It's kind of unique. Well, we've had Father John McNallis on the podcast from the Fire Museum, and we've actually stopped by there, and they have everything you could ever want to know about the fire department. And so it doesn't surprise yeah. me that they had every piece of information about regarding that boat. Um, can you give us some specs on this boat? Like how big is it? Um, it, it, like I imagine the pump and everything like that still works. No, the, the pump, uh, actually real quick, father, John, uh, was a great guy. He, he helped us. We went over to the fire museum and, and visited him a couple times. And then he, uh, was, came over with a kind of a group, the board of directors and stuff in the fire museum. We gave him a cruise on the fire boat. Uh, last year, but uh, great guy. They're very helpful in that museum uh, over there. Is they just have so much information. So, um, so the the quick overview of the boat. Um, the the keel was laid in 1936. Uh, the boat was placed into service in uh, May of 1937, uh, and then it was in service until. Um, I believe March of 1981, March or October. I don't know why those two are six months apart, but, um, uh, March or October of 1981, the boat was retired, uh, and it was retired actually because the pumps on board had seized up, uh, one or multiple pumps. They had four of them. 
Um, so that was why the city uh, actually got rid of the, the boat. Uh, so after that, um, it was converted into a tour boat. It did some you know tours here in Chicago, and then it was purchased by um, by a marine, like well-known uh, marine family up in Sturgeon Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they did kind of what we're doing, but up in Sturgeon Bay, uh, it's a little different, you know, there's not a skyline to look at or anything that they still have some cool, uh, landmarks up there. So they would just do cruises from inside Sturgeon Bay to out at like the lighthouse near Lake Michigan and right. come back. So it was a little different setup, but it was an operating tour boat when, when we found it. And, uh, you know, when, like Ray said, when we saw it. So there wasn't a lot that you guys had to do to convert it over, really? Um, yes and no. Oh. They, uh, we we, we kind of joked at saying the boat was having an identity crisis, uh, whether it was they uh, wanted to be a, a fire boat or a pirate ship because they had a lot of just little gimmicky stuff on there, um, you know, which we understood, you know, they did a lot of events for kids and things like that. So they had some stuff on there, but once, once we were doing this and, and getting it back to Chicago, we said every, everything on here needs to be fire related or Chicago related because we want it to be like a miniature museum. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the goal that we had and, and what we turned it into. So. Right. I mean, the, the fire service is pretty, pretty well known, I think across the country for kind of, um, taking uh taking something that exists already and kind of repurposing it for for what we do um does did this boat seem to have like what was this boat's intended purpose prior to prior to it becoming a fire boat or or was it actually designed for that it was designed as a uh it was designed for chicago um specifically oh okay so prior to uh it being in service, they had uh, steamships, which had the big, you know, smoke like exhaust stacks and everything. Um, and this was built specifically for Chicago to fit underneath all the bridges. Oh wow! So it, you know, minimizing response time for emergencies and things like that, because they had, you know, it was. We actually have an article from, you know, back in like the late '30s when the boat was built. Uh, and it, it gives some statistics on, you know, the boat saves the city 1,800 bridge openings a year, which saves, you know, X amount of money. And it, you know, eased congestion. And in Chicago in that time was a booming city. So, wow. you know, every time there was a fire, the, the boats had to respond to a call. All the bridges go up and every, you know, just. It was a lot, a lot more efficient to have these boats. They were they're built with a low profile, and you know could still respond relatively quickly to uh, any waterside emergencies or anything like that. Is that boat was d- designed for rescue first, or just fighting yeah, fires? She was, she was uh, designed for fighting fires and rescue. She was the, actually the city's first diesel-powered boat, and uh, when she was launched, she was also at the time the world's largest fire boat, you know, pumping at 10,000 gallons a minute. And she held that record for a little bit uh, till uh, her sister boats were built in 46, 47. Okay. 
Well, wow. do you know, since researching that specific boat, do you know if that boat went to any historic fires that people might be familiar with? Yeah, the uh, actually there is a, a pretty big fire, I believe, in 1967 uh, that burned McCormick Place down. Yeah, okay. And that that fire was in uh, January, so... Um, the there were a couple different stories about why this was happening, but they weren't able to access the hydrants. Um, from the units on land weren't able to access the hydrants. So one of the the features of this boat, and also the the Victor Schlager, which is another fireboat at the time, and then the Joseph Medill, which was the third fireboat for Chicago. Um, these three boats got called over. Uh, to McCormick Place, and we had a, each boat had several connections on the side, and they could run hoses, uh, to the guys on land. So the, the Schlager, the Medill, and the Bussy, our boat, uh, all sat off, uh, in the lake right off McCormick Place, and they ran lines to the guys on land to help them fight the fire. And we did, we did, um, a piece with WGN, uh, about a month ago, and they actually had some of the the audio from that those dispatch calls, you know, saying you know engine forty one responding, and you know you heard the other boats talking too. So there was uh, some pretty that was one of the the big ones, and then we have some pictures inside the boat. Um, there was one fire in nineteen thirty nine uh, that was like a grain elevator fire uh, on somewhere down here. Uh, downtown, and then there was another one in 1951 where we actually have you know pictures of it putting water on the fire. So, so the, it was actually that particular boat was designated Engine 41. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And it, it still is. There is. There was. Uh, I think it started out as Engine 37, and then when another fireboat had been built. They changed it to 37 and made ours engine 41. And what was the name of the boat again prior to you guys getting the, it? The busing? Uh, the, it, the Fred A. Bussy. Okay. And do you know who so that, that, that name was from? That's still his name. Okay. And do you know um, that the individual that the boat was named after, um, his significance? Yeah, he was. Go, go ahead, Ray. Yeah, so during the 1920s, he was our mayor of the city of Chicago. Um, if you actually Wikipedia him, you could one of the first things that you read is that he was one of the most corrupt mayors in the city of Chicago. <laughs> Saying a lot. Yeah, about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we thought that was kind of, you know, cool because Chicago has that kind of notoriety and then we saw what the name was so we are like, oh, this is perfect, you know. Right. <laughs> well, outside of naming it the Al Capone, I think you guys are doing all right. <laughs> yeah. So give us a, give us a, when you, when somebody signs up and uh, takes your boat tour, uh, give us a little idea of what they're going to see, where they're going to go. So we have, uh, we offer kind of two different tours. Um, some of them uh, just stay on the lake, and it's more of like a, we call it a sunset cruise. So um, we'll have, you know, just music playing. We have a, a little bar on board um, so people can grab 
cocktails, listen to music, enjoy the scenery, things like that. Was that the, the original bar? Is, was that the original bar that the firemen used, or is that a, a new <laughs> bar that you guys built? No, that was actually uh, Ray's, Ray's father-in-law helped uh, oh, okay. put the current one together. Okay. Um, and the bar's got uh, pictures of the old steamboat and the, and uh, uh, in action, and some of the crews that were on the fireboat, and uh, and our boat pictures in action, stuff like that, and it's inlaid in on top of the bar. That's really cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so then we also do, uh, we call them, uh, it's a guided historical tour. Um, so it's similar to your uh, architecture cruise, um, you know, that they have here in Chicago. But we also talk about some of the history of the boat. Um, so for example, like when the boat was first placed into service with the fire department, it was, you know, the, the boat used to be a, a firehouse. So they would have a group, group of like six guys, eight guys that would stay on the boat 24 seven. That was, you know, their firehouse. Um, and so our boat was docked at, uh, right by the Franklin street bridge, which is at kind of the wolf point, um, where the three branches converge. So that we incorporate that into our tour, we could point out, you know, this was where this boat was first, you know, stationed uh, when it was in the, and just kind of give people a glimpse of, you know, what that was like back in the day. And then um, when we go on to the river, um, the, the Chicago Marine Safety Station is right there. And one of our sister ships, which was built in the late 40s, is still an active part of Chicago Fire Department. So we can point that out to people and say, this is what we used to look like when we were a fireboat. So <laughs> that's, that's a kind of neat, neat part of our tour that, you know, separates us from the other architecture cruises and things like that. Because this, this is an actual piece of Chicago history. So. Yeah, absolutely. They, they get to take a tour in the museum. So, um, tell us where, if somebody wanted to take this, um, boat tour with you guys, or somebody wanted just to spend time on that boat with you guys and kind of get a little bit of, uh, fire department history, how can somebody, uh, arrange to, uh, take that tour? Our, uh, our, our website is fireboattours.com. And so you can go on to our website, you can, uh, view our schedule, um, See the different cruises we option or that we offer. There's a little bit of history on there as well, and then on uh, social media, we're on Facebook and Instagram as Chicago Fireboat Tours. So people can go there and, and follow us, and we'll post you know updates on events we're doing and things like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I gotta say, I, I was born and raised in this city, and that is my favorite view of this entire town is from the river. It's just, it's, it's so cool to see everything. Just, you just, you feel so small when you're looking up at these things. And like Vince was saying, it's pretty cool to take a tour while being inside the museum to, you know, it's just incredible. Well, I mean, you're getting to take that tour on a 44 uh, boat that was in service for 44 years. Yeah. And almost 100 years old. Yeah, yeah. We're hoping uh, by the time she reached her 100th uh, birthday that uh, we got some systems on the boat restored. We, we, over the next couple of years, 
we want to be able to possibly restore one of the uh, pumps and actually be able to pump some of the uh, water again, you know, through that boat, you know, uh, to kind of get it. That's the one question that every single person that we tell about our boat is asked from like five-year-old kids up to like 85-year-old men is, does the pump still work? (laughs) Because they would like to see it spray some water, so that's oh, yeah. like Ray was saying. That's definitely on our on our list of things to do. So. Well, depending on how, uh, be careful with that, guys. Because depending on how things go, you guys get that pump up in service. They might be throwing you guys in the mix of things and uh, need your help downtown. <laughs> well, you know, as a professional mariners, uh, you know we we actually have to uh, go to any call that's right next to us. Uh, you know. For any boaters out there that uh, need help, it's kind of a a, a, a rule uh, for any any tour boat. You always come to assist yeah. and people at need. That that and the fact that with your guys is, um, I I totally forgot. Yeah, when you're in the Navy, you guys are all trained as firemen, correct? So we're we're definitely not breaking any uh, breaking any rules. Talking to a couple couple firemen working the fireboat. There you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, if people want to schedule a tour, uh, it's um, fireboattours.com and Chicago Fireboat, Fireboat Tours on your social media, correct? Correct, that is. You know, I didn't, when did you guys actually start doing tours for this? We started last year. Um, we, we purchased the boat uh, and brought it back to Chicago last year in May. Uh, and then we were at uh, kind of a working facility uh, on the, the south branch of the river, um, <clears throat> renovating the boat and things like that. And we we got to our dock uh, and did our first cruise last year, July 6th. And we ran, we did our last cruise uh, November 19th. Uh, we did almost 4,000 passengers in that time. Um, this was our... Our second season, we were hoping it was going to be our first full season, but we'd uh, we'd been shut down uh, until June 23rd was our first cruise this year. Um, but over this past weekend, we just hit uh, 1,000 passengers carried. So for all the uh, all things considered, with you know being shut down for you know the first half of our season, basically, we were we were real happy when we. When we saw that we had carried a, a thousand passengers this year, so oh yeah, still a long way to go. We would we would have liked to have been a little bit farther than that, but uh, we'll we'll try again next year. How competitive is that um, boat tour market down there? Because you see a lot of boats down there. Are you guys like uh, you know always uh, you know uh, super competitive with each other down there? You know, it's kind of interesting because uh, you know I think it's more competition between. Uh, Wendella Shoreline and uh, the First Lady boats because they are what they call uh, a architecture tour, you know, and they're all right there. We're kind of a little bit off, you know, off the path of them. I mean, yeah, we talk about also architecture, but we really, I, I try to separate us with uh, giving more Chicago history. We kind of tell you a better story, I, I truly believe that, of, uh, you know, what has happened, you know, including, you know, the, the talks about the boat, the fire fighting that, that that it has done. And just 
the changes throughout the years, you know, like this boat has seen it, you know, from 1937 till now, it, it's been there uh, and seen most of the changes. So that's what we kind of try to uh, tell uh, to our passengers. And I think I truly believe that that makes us different. And plus that we're on an actual piece of floating history. Uh, so, I mean, even though there is some competition because it's a tour, but I really think that uh, because we're off the beaten path and it's more kid friendly and family friendly, uh, it, it, it really separates us. Yeah, and I think the information that you guys are providing is going to be um, a lot more interesting to people who actually live in Chicago or, you know, and who live around here where, you know, they may be hearing stuff that they didn't know about the city that they live in. And, you know, like you said, they're they're taking that tour in the museum. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And when people are, when they're looking at, you know, it, it just... Like you were saying before, going down the river through the heart of the city, looking at all that stuff and or looking up at, you know, all the buildings and everything. And then just thinking back to like looking at the pictures inside, seeing our boat actually fighting a fire back in, you know, 1939 when this was, you know, still becoming the city it is. Um, and then just, you know, seeing how things have evolved to what it is today. Um, the fact that our, our boat had, you know, helped preserve some of that, you know, by helping put out fires and things like that. Cause it, it was a really different, uh, river. It was a really different city at that time. You know, we had a lot of loading facilities for commercial cargo and things like that. So you had these big warehouses along the river the and if those yards. caught fire, you had to hit it from, yeah, you know, the stockyards. It's kind of one of the things that we kind of said tongue-in-cheek was that the river has gone from stockyards to steakhouses because now you're going down the the same same river and you're looking at people sitting out on a patio eating a steak or you know having cocktails or whatever and then that used to be like a it used to be a very industrial and uh, very dirty uh area but now you know they're kind of trying to bring that back to life and make it a little more you know pleasing to spend time at so do you guys do you guys were you able to find out how much money that boat cost the city when it was first built? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually in the, uh, uh, I found out through our research, the, the, the museum of greater Chicago, uh, they actually have books on like all the fire history. And actually in that, uh, they, it, it says how much they paid for building the boat. It was like, $160,000 or something like that, uh, right around that dollar amount, uh, back in 1936. Wow. So, so you're, that was a lot of money back then. Well, you're coming on the heels of the depression. And so right. that kind of money for a boat that's going to go fight fires, somebody was a heck of a salesman back then. Yep. All right. Well, give that information one more time. Is there a phone number or you just want everybody to funnel through your, uh, social media and website? Um, our website, yeah, again, uh, is fireboattours.com and then Instagram, Facebook at Chicago Fireboat Tours. Um, but our main, you know, contact line as well for the business is, uh, 312-919-3367. So people can call there and, you know, we can take reservations over the phone and whatnot, but the 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 website is the easiest way to to do all that because it gives you the real time 
schedule and all that stuff. So there's, there's also one thing that we didn't talk about yet was that we also can do private events on the boat as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, we, we have drink packages and, uh, uh, you know, set up. So like, uh, firefighting, uh, firefighter retirement parties or just a family get together. Uh, we actually, we, last year we were asked to be a host of a wedding. Unfortunately, because of all the COVID things that didn't have pan out for this year. Um, but, uh, uh, we could do weddings on the boat. Actually, I'm an ordained minister and actually another, uh, uh, crew member, uh, is an ordained minister as well on our boat. So it's kind of cool. We could do it all. Is it true that as a captain out on the water, you can actually be a minister and conduct services like that? It's only true if you're in international waters. Oh, okay. uh, and unfortunately on Lake Michigan, you're never in international waters. Okay. Uh, what, so a couple more questions before we let you guys go. First of all, do both of you have an anchor tattoo? <laughs> I do. You do? <laughs> Who's that? Is that Ray? I do. Yeah. I actually got my anchor tattoo before I even went into the Navy. <laughs> I actually, I, I, the funny thing is I've always been on water since the day I was born. I was in Sea Scouts growing up and stuff like that. And, uh, when I got out of uh, high school, when I turned 18, I wanted to get an anchor and uh, or, or a tattoo, and so I got the anchor, and that was my first tattoo. And I was white as a ghost, and the tattoo artist thought <laughs> to ask me, "Are you are you going to drive?" I said, "Yeah, why not?" Because uh, no, you're not. You're you're white as a ghost. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, okay." Later, I followed up a couple weeks later with putting an eagle over it too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I'm betting dollars of donuts that Eric, you got a mermaid or something like that, right? <laughs> right, you got to no, have some kind I, of sea uh, activity, an octopus, like uh, <clears throat> something like that, don't you? No, I do have a uh, kind of water-related or water-looking uh, tattoo on my back with a sun and some water stuff underneath it. So, okay. Okay. yeah, it was kind of like a rite of passage in the Navy. You had to get a tattoo or something. Uh, but I was just telling Ray recently that I needed to get, uh, you know, a more official Navy tattoo. So maybe I'll get a shark with a sailor hat or something on it. <laughs> I, I, I keep telling uh, Eric that uh, when we surpass uh, 12,000 uh, passengers in a year that I'm, I'm going to get the tattoo of the, of the Bucky. On, on my leg. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's make that happen. Let's make All that right. happen. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> one other thing, actually, that I wanted to touch on because I I meant to talk about it earlier because uh, they were a pretty integral part in uh, bringing our vision for this company to reality was um, it's a, a nonprofit called the Veteran Business Project. And this was founded by a um, an ex-Marine uh, attorney who um, started this because um, way back in the day, like post-World War II, um, the amount of, of veterans that had started uh, small businesses was like upwards of 40%. It was like 45, 47% or something like that. Um, and the current... Uh, rate for that is about 10%. And so he came up with this vision and said, you know, how do we get these 
resources for veterans to start their own businesses to you know come back because it it is a relatively difficult transition uh, for a lot of people if they're straight out of high school then they're in a, a structured environment for four years and then all of a sudden <clears throat> they're out um, but there are a lot of different skills and unique skills that the veterans have so uh, they started this company called Veteran Business Project, and they provide, it's kind of like a, a matchmaker for veteran entrepreneurs, banks that will lend them money, and businesses that are, you know, looking to sell. Sometimes if there's a restaurant and a veteran wants to get into the restaurant industry, they'll match them up. So um, it's, a, it's a great organization, and they helped us with our financial projections with business planning and then, you know, partnered us up with the bank and, you know, kind of walked us through that. And, you know, they were in the meetings with the bank and things like that. So uh, great organization. They're doing a lot of good things and, and it wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have, you know, been where we are without that organization. So I encourage everyone to check that out as well because it's a good organization and they're uh they're trying to you know gain a lot of support and things like that and uh like i said it wouldn't have happened without them so wow that's awesome. uh, that's great that's great i know my uh my grandfather was a um a veteran of world war ii and i know uh from stories i heard one of his biggest issues was coming back home and kind of reallocating himself to what he wanted to do and where he wanted to get back into and had a project been like this around it's it, you know it would have been uh, probably pretty helpful to a lot of guys and and can be helpful a lot more guys down the line now too yeah yeah absolutely thank you guys for being on we appreciate your time uh we want everybody who uh uh listening to the podcast uh you know take a tour on your guys's boat fireboattours.com and the Chicago Fireboat Tours on social media. Thanks again, Captain Ray, Captain Eric. We appreciate your time. Good luck, and we'll, we'll see you down there. Yeah, our pleasure. No, Thank you. No problem. Thank you, guys. And please uh, let us know when you guys want to come see it. Ray and I are usually there seven days a week. Uh, we're, we're running tours usually Wednesday through Sunday now. But, um, you know, if you guys, if that's the day you can get down there, then please let us know. We'll show you around and uh, give you a tour. Oh man, we love sounds to. great. Yeah, sounds great. Be careful what you uh, ask for because you guys do have a bar there. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll start oh yeah, that. that's that's another thing is we should mention since this is a uh, first responder related podcast. But for firefighters who come on board, uh, we have a, a patch collection uh, above the bar. So if firefighters bring in a patch, they could trade it in for a drink. Uh, however. Yeah, we, we do have to specify only one because I know some firefighters with a shoebox full of things will try and drink for a year for uh, oh, free. So. Well, I was going to r- start ripping all the patches off my uniforms and go down there and meet <laughs> And still wouldn't be enough for Vince. Yeah, we, uh, no, yeah. We'll, uh, we... Let me go to, let me go stock up on some extra beer first before that happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to make that happen, boys. We, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to stock up the bar just so that we can all empty it later on. Well, thanks again, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, Keep up the good work, and we'll definitely see you guys down there. Oh, yeah, and gentlemen, thank you very much for your service. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Take it easy, guys. All right, you too. Take care. We want to thank our sponsor, Binderlift. 
Bender Lift is a patient lift device that buckles handles around the patient's torso so firefighters can safely lift patients of any size with ease. The most injury-prone non-fire ground activity a firefighter does is lift a patient. If you're lifting heavy patients, and let's be honest, all of us are, then you're going to want to check out the Bender Lift so you can avoid getting injured from lifting a patient. Vince, have you ever lifted up a heavy patient or any patient at all? Um, I've blown my back out so many times lifting heavy patients. I can't count the number of times. So something like Bender Lift is a pretty awesome product, especially if it's going to save me from uh, having to lay up from the job or go to medical or just work the rest of my day in pain. Absolutely. And they'll, they'll let anyone try it out for free. Doesn't matter what your role is within the department. Just sign up for a free field trial on their website and they'll send you a set of bender lifts to try out for a month or so. Absolutely free. We use them in our department and I recommend you give them a try. Just Google bender lift to watch some videos and sign up for a free trial. Bender lift. The new slogan should be bender lift. Save your back. Save your back. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations. This has been a Fire and Iron Media production. You have something to say, people want to listen. How's that, Daddy?